I only have uh, about 30 minutes and I'm eager to start and uh, I'm sorry to um, make you stop chatter. Um, but it's really good to be with you this morning. My name is Marcel, as uh, it was announced. I work for Voice of the Martyrs. I'm going to speak a little bit about Voice of the Martyrs and the work that we do and also about the persecuted church. And um, I just want to say something right out of the gate. Um, if you're wondering what's this weird um, accent that comes out the mic, uh, it's not the mic, it's, it's me. I, um, I literally grew up in Romania. I moved here to Australia about six years ago when I met my beautiful wife, Ruth. Uh, she's over there, we're together, um, and we have uh, three kids with us. Um, two of them are gonna run around and make a little bit of noise, and uh, one is, um, is quiet and uh, tucked <laughs> um, in mommy's uh, tummy. Uh, we're expecting to, for her to come next year in April. Um, so if you see Ruth, uh, just congratulate her. She, she deserves all of that. She, um, she's, she's really good. Um, and we're very grateful to be here. We traveled um, this morning for about a couple of hours uh, from um, southeast Melbourne. Um, but we, we have done this uh, work for about two years now. And um, it's, it's just a, a great honor for me personally to share with all sorts of churches across Victoria and Tasmania. Um, I'm the representative for Victoria and Tasmania, so sometimes we have to travel. And uh, it's really good to, be, to see um, almost every Sunday uh, Christians here in Victoria and in Tasmania uh, that love Jesus, that congregate to worship Him, and that also have a heart, have uh, time and um, want to have fellowship with the persecuted church. Voice of the Martyrs was founded by Richard Wombrand. And I don't know, like, does anyone know that name, Richard Wombrand? Um, maybe a couple of people, yes. Uh, he was, interestingly enough, a Romanian pastor. Uh, growing up in Romania, we would always hear about him. Uh, so you would understand what he was like. Um, he was pretty much like a Billy Graham of Romania. Everyone knew him. Everyone uh, heard about the stories that came out of uh, his ministry in communist uh, Romania and uh, of his time in jail. He spent 14 years in a, in a prison. Um, and I've been to some Australian prisons. It wasn't anything like that. Um, in a communist Romanian prison, um, if you would be there because you're a Christian, and especially a Christian leader, which Richard Wombrand was, uh, he was oftentimes um, tortured. He would oftentimes be... Uh, starve almost to death. He would also uh, be put in freezers uh, with other, other prisoners there just to, to be tormented and to be um, tried to be um, broken, basically. And uh, yet God has kept him. Uh, through all that ordeal, uh, God has kept him strong and uh, kept him alive. And after that, he, he escaped Romania uh, he moved to America, and he started this ministry, Voice of the Martyrs, uh, that deals with, um, from, from the beginning, deals has, and has dealt with serving persecuted Christians. We're not trying to eradicate uh, Christian persecution. Uh, we haven't set out uh, here in Australia 50 years ago, 50 plus years actually, uh, to come up with a plan that eliminates Christian persecution. That's not the goal. The goal is to serve those people that are being persecuted. And also at the same time to create a fellowship, to create a connection between the church that is free, the church in Australia in this case, and the persecuted church. And that's what we, we've been doing for, for 53 years here in, in Australia. 
1969, Richard Wurmbrand traveled to Australia in Sydney at that time, and he, he spoke about his experience in prison. He spoke about what is happening with Christians in communist countries. And uh, so shocking was the news that Christians are persecuted in communist countries that some people here in Australia haven't even believed him. They didn't believe him um, because he was such a foreign and strange idea. Obviously, now we know a, a lot more than we used to know 50 years ago. Um, but since that time, um, Christians have, um, have said, what can we do? If that's the reality on the ground, what can we do? And Richard Wombrand, 53 years ago, he said, you can start a ministry here in Australia that deals with this reality, that raises awareness, that raises prayers, and that raises uh, support as well for persecuted Christians. And that's what we've been doing for all this time. I want to share a few things with you. This is work. There we go. Um, I want to share with you a, a global overview about Christian persecution as it stands today. Because a lot of the times, what we think about Christian persecution is that, you know, the bulk of it, most of it has happened sometime in the first, second century under the Roman rule and the, under the Roman Empire when Christians were being fed to lions and all those stories that are true and that we know about. But, so, so you'd make a... a so you have a clear picture about what had happened. In the last hundred of years alone, more Christians were persecuted and more Christians were martyred because of their faith than in the previous 19 centuries all put together. So take the first 19 centuries and the last century, and there are more people that were martyred and persecuted in the last century than the previous 19 all put together. And on an average year, um, upwards of 4,700 Christians are martyred each year. That would be an average of 13 um, Christians a day. Every, every two hours, one Christian will die for his or her faith around the, the world. This is a, and I don't know how well you can see it, but it's a, it's a global map of where those numbers come from. And, and pretty much everything that is in red is are countries that are very hostile to your faith, to my faith, to the faith of the Christians that live in those countries. And it's a clear message that is often enforced by violence and by prison and by persecution and by all sorts of means that says, we don't like you. We don't want you to be here. We're not going to be friendly and we're not going to be accepted and tolerant of your faith. And if you ask me, there's a lot of red in that uh, global map, and you can see a little bit in the Central America. I don't know how, can you see that well? Yeah, just a little bit. So uh, there on the left, there's the Central America, with a, a few countries, uh, the North of Africa, um, and Southeast Asia, and uh, just a little bit there, you can't see Australia, but north of Australia, all those islands there, they all experienced Christian persecution. And uh, there's a lot of red, as I said. And if you, if you look at the Bible and what the Bible says about Christians being persecuted, Christians paying a price because they're trying to be faithful to Jesus Christ, because they want to follow Jesus Christ, and because they want to talk 
and share the gospel and, and proclaim it and share it with other people. That's exactly what the Bible says that the result will be. You look in the Bible and it says, you will suffer for my name's sake. You will have trouble. You will be persecuted. You will be hated by everyone. And that's what's happening. There's no disconnect between what the Bible says and what's happening on the ground today. That map is today. It's not 50 years ago. It's not 20 years ago. It's today. And we just get to experience an interesting exception to the Christian faith. Throughout history and throughout the world today, most Christians, a lot of Christians at least, experience a lot of resistance. And I praise God for this beautiful country that he has brought me in, for this beautiful, you know, livelihood that we can have, where we can worship Jesus without the fear of someone kicking um, the doors and, and dragging us out and getting us into a, a, a prison. That's, however, as much as a blessing, it is an exception. Because the reality out there, it's very, very different. And the reality, as I said throughout history, was very, very different. Now, we, we read this Bible verse, and um, why would, you know, there's, there's a lot of difficult things that happen throughout the world. There's a lot of challenges that we face every day here. Why would we take it, why would Pastor Sam commit a Sunday to look into this reality? Well, it's, it's because of the Bible. It's because of the Bible. The Bible says that there is something that we have to do in relation to the persecuted church. And I read this verse many times. Many times I looked at it and um, I just read right over it and through it and around it. And I moved on to something else. Something that I can relate to because I read the Bible just as a westerner i cannot relate much to this passage of scripture to this verse whereas richard wormbrand after he spent 14 years in prison he didn't just read it and moved on to the next thing that it was on that page in the bible he read it and stopped and said that is the biblical foundation of voice of the martyrs as an organization that is why we exist because of this verse because this verse says remember the prisoners as if chained with them those who are mistreated since you yourselves are in the body also here's the thing that the bible is asking you and me to do in relation with the persecuted church is not to fix their problems is not to do anything else other than remember them the Bible is not asking you to fix anything. The Bible is not asking you to change anything. The Bible is firstly and foremost asking you and asking me because it's a commandment for the free church. It's not saying, hey, you guys who are in prison, remember those that are out there in freedom having a good time. No, 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 it's the other way around. You who are free have to remember them. The, the thing that we have to do is to remember them. It's not about first and foremost changing what's out there it's rather changing what's in here because the bible knows and god knows very well that if we're gonna make any change around us that should better start in the heart that should better start in the way we relate to everything that it's out there in our heart and my challenge for you this morning is this 
It's exactly this, remember them. And here's the interesting thing. It's, just, it's not just facts and stats, as important as they are. We just looked at a few. It's important to kind of understand where we are in terms of numbers. But the Bible says, interestingly enough, says, as if you were there. Here's a quick thing that you can do. Try to imagine that in your seat right now, there is someone that is in prison and you are in his or her place. You are in that dungeon. You are in, in that cold and suffering for Christ. Because it says, as if you're there, as if you're chained. I want to give you a couple of ways, very practical, that you can, you can do even today. To remember them as if you're with them. Next time you are cold. Instead of rushing for, to grab a jacket or getting inside or getting in the car or whatever. Maybe allow that discomfort, that physical discomfort that we've all experienced and we know what it's like. Allow that discomfort and sometimes even pain, if you stay for longer, to speak to you. And allow that pain to remind you of the fact that whereas you suffer cold uh, because it's a choice for you, there are people that suffer cold. The same sensation, the same discomfort, the safe, same physical distress that you experience, they experience as well, not because they chose that, but because they follow Jesus. Similarly, next time you are hungry, we can do the same. And, and we're, whenever we feel a little bit hungry, we just rush for a snack or eat something or whatever. Maybe allow that discomfort. Maybe don't rush to quench that discomfort in your gut. And allow that pain to speak to you and remind you that there are people around the world that the Bible explicitly says that I have to remember, that I have to consider, I have to look at, I have to learn something from, that suffered the same feeling. Not because they chose that, not because they decided to fast that day, just because they're in a prison and they, they haven't been fed lunch or breakfast or dinner for that matter. That's a, I think that's a very practical way for us to remember them as if, we're there um, because the verse continues and says, since you yourselves are in the body also, you're, you have a body, you know what it's like to be cold and to be hungry. I have a question for you this morning. And I'll be honest, I, I've been partnering and working for Voice of the Martyrs Australia for two years now. And I didn't used to do all the things that I do now in relation to the persecuted church. And if someone were to ask me this question two years ago, I would have said no. And the question is this. Do you know anyone by story or by name that is imprisoned, suffer for his or her faith, or is mistreated, as this verse says? Because in my case, two years ago, I didn't know a name and I didn't know a story. I knew that there was persecution out there somewhere but I was too busy with my life. I knew that there are a lot of Christians that have suffered throughout history, but I couldn't come up with a name. I couldn't come up with a story. And as a direct result, I didn't fulfill this commandment because there wasn't anyone to remember. There wasn't anyone to consider. There wasn't anyone to look at by story and by name and remember. And I want to share a couple of stories um, of people that we 
came across as an organization that deals with this reality in those countries. And if by any chance you might have said yes, but if by any chance you, you said no, from now on you can have a name, you can have a story, you can remember someone, you can fulfill this commandment. Next time you're cold or hungry, you can say, yes, I remember that lady or I remember that man and I can remember them, consider them, learn from them and um, move on. This is the story of Hannah Lee. Psalm 91, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. received this calling from the Lord but the Lord has got a purpose for us as a family to live out our love for him our love for the Afghans to serve and here we are God take our lives and make with us whatever you find pleasant and, and good in your purpose so it was a normal day for us and Vanna just went to the office and he was teaching that morning Actually, that was the routine every day. And for the children, if they didn't have a weekend or didn't interact with their friends, they were doing schoolwork. Both of them have got a deep walk with the Lord and there's this hunger for the Lord that's very precious. And they are growing, they are growing in their faith day by day. And it's wonderful to be their mom and experience how they are growing. Um, and living their lives for the Lord in a place like Afghanistan. Most wonderful thing the parent can do for his child is to bring him up in the Lord's way so that he knows who his creator is and that he can have a loving relationship with the Lord and live a life for that purpose. <laughs> I've asked myself many times in the past, Lord, is this really where you want us? Because of all the difficulties, the challenges, we can lose our lives any time for the Lord. When I look at that in the spiritual realm, I know that he will not take us to a place like Afghanistan and just dump us there and he doesn't have a plan and a purpose for that. So I know 100% that we are in the right place, that we are obedient to the calling Tell my children, um, John Pierre and today, you will face a very difficult day today, um, and I'm not going to be there to help you, and Daddy is also not going to be there to help you, but Jesus is going to be there to help you through this, and He will be there. He promised never to leave us, nor forsake us. 
I believe they are in front of the Lord's throne, worshipping him, praising him, glorifying him. And that they are just waiting for me to finish the race as well. That is a powerful story of um, sacrifice and um, commitment more than everything else. I want to share one more story uh, from a neighboring country to Afghanistan, Pakistan. And this will give us a, a little bit of an insight of how Christians in Pakistan live their life for Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Today in Pakistan, we Christians are second-class citizens. Though we have committed no crime, we are ostracized and banished to the lowest place in society. forced to leave our villages and our own homes. We cannot get good jobs.
and we have no voice in government. What is left for us is servitude. Sewage work. And we know we will never advance. But we have a church, a place where Christians come together to worship the Lord Jesus Christ, to sing His praise, to study His word. For while our country has turned its back on us, God has not. Sometimes it is not easy. The loss, the injustice. So please remember to pray for us. That we will continue to live together in fellowship. That we will continue to see the joy of the Lord in our lives and that we will persevere in our faith, no matter the cost. And please remember, we are praying for you. These are the people that the Bible says that you and I have to remember. These are the people that um, I've learned so much from and I've been encouraged so much by. And um, I'm telling you, the, the moment you start journeying along with them, your confidence in Christ is not the same. Your courage, your faith is simply cannot stay the same. And I think that's the reason why the Bible says, remember them. Consider them, look at them, as difficult as it may be some, sometimes to look into those reality, we need to remember them, we need to um, consider them. And that's, that's on all of us, that's what God wants, to, um, wants for every one of us. I want to come to a close and I want to say that um, if you don't have anything outside of you to remind you, to remember them and consider them, I'd encourage you to sign up for this um, monthly magazine that we send every month out. It's, it's just simply um, a collection of stories, a collections, uh, collection of um, testimonies that 
um, of Christians and what they've gone through and the, the reality of persecution as it happens in, in their country. It's a great way to um, pray for them, to consider them, to um, read and have that exposure to the, the world that is out there and, and what it looks like for Christians in all sorts of country, countries to be a Christian in. And it will remind you of this reality. And it will, I'm telling you, it will tune you in, not into the world as we know it, because you just have to go to the shops for that, but into the kingdom of God and what it's like to be um, a Christian in the kingdom of God in this, this world. And um, it doesn't cost you anything. It's, it's a free magazine that we send out every, every month. So if you want to do that, you can do that at the, at the back. We have a... We have a table there with a few resources that we, we brought. Um, none of them are for sale because we don't sell any of the resources and the books that we have with us. We have a couple of books, uh, Torture for Christ, that is the story of Richard Wurmbrand and how this ministry came to, to be. Um, you're more than welcome to grab one if you promise one thing. If you promise, you'll read it. <laughs> That's all you have to promise. And we'll give it to you as a gift uh, from Voice of the Martyrs Australia. <clears throat> There's also an app that you can download on your phone to read those stories and um, be up to date to, with what's happening in terms of Christian persecution. And also, if, uh, if God leads you, if God speaks to you, if you feel like this is something that God has for you and you have to do, um, there are opportunities that 50 years ago we, we wouldn't have had um, to partner uh, practically and financially with Voice of the Martyrs and get help and get support to these uh, people. And uh, one of the main things that we do is we send Bibles into the countries that are, um, have a ban on the Bible and it's illegal to own a Bible. Um, I don't know if you know, but there are 52 countries and territories in this world. I don't know, there's 200 countries in the world or something like that. Um, a quarter of them, they said, we don't want the Bible. And I personally chuckle at that because if you're not convinced that the word of God is powerful, you have 52 governments saying, um, no, 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 it has power. It does change the people. It does make um, uh, a change. It just happens that it's not the change that we want in our people. So we, we put a ban on the Bible, and they spend millions of dollars enforcing those laws. Uh, but we, we think that the Bible uh, has to reach those places, and people deserve a Bible, and they need a Bible so we, we have a lot of projects that send a Bible. And just for $8, we can send a Bible. And the, the great thing about Voice of the Martyrs, we're, we're the only Australian ministry that specifically focuses on helping persecuted uh, Christians. There, there are a bunch of other uh, ministries that are great out there. But the advantage of partnering with Voice of the Martyrs um, is uh, the fact that we're local and we, uh, we're a lot more agile on the field when it comes to that. And also the, the efficiency uh, you can, there's a few examples there of the things that we do and how much it costs. Uh, the Australian dollar still has um, a little bit of power compared to other currencies in the countries that we operate. Um, so it can go a, a long way. But if, if that's something that you want to do, uh, by all means, talk to us. And we also, I know this helps some, not so much others. Uh, every, every donation, $2 and over, is tax deductible because we're, regist as we're registered charity. Um, finally, I, I want to leave you with this thought, and it really challenged me when I first um, looked at things uh, through this lens. We believe that there are three lines. There's the front line where people pay a big price for following Jesus and for doing ministry. 
Uh, we're not there. We consider ourselves as a ministry um, on, that we're in the supply line. We supply and resource the people that are on the front line. And oftentimes they tell us, give us the resources we need and we will pay the price for using them. That's, that's commitment. And uh, there's all, all, also the, the sideline and uh, none of us are supposed to be there. And I realize that um, locally as well, it's true um, as well. There, there's a front line, there are people that do something, take risks, pay a price, and then there are people that help people that do something, and then there are people that are not quite sure where they fit, they're not quite sure uh, what to commit to, and um, I'll tell you, we're all supposed to be either on the front line doing something uh, for the kingdom or helping someone that does something and supporting them. Um, and it's true, locally it's true, um, as a city it's true, um, nationally and internationally as well and I want to encourage you to be in one of those two lines um, whether locally or as I said um, nationally or internationally and lastly um, on on the behalf of our brothers and sisters you'll probably never meet them on this side of glory um, I want to tell you this there are there are people there are Christians on the other side of this that receive that help there are Christians that receive those prayers, that are encouraged by those prayers. When we talk to them, just, just the thought that someone on the other side of the world is considering them, is thinking about them, cares about them, makes a big difference in the trials, in the tribulations, in the persecutions that they face. And we boldly can say, there are people in Australia that love you. There are people in Australia that pray for you. There are, all people, there are people in Australia that um, support you. And this is what they bring to you. And this is what they offer to you. And, and just this fellowship, this partnership that we can have together is just phenomenal. So on their behalf, I want to say thank you and God bless you.